Hello and welcome to this uh, podcast. While our first names are of course more personal, our last names, also called surnames or family names perhaps, carry more weight. They can connect us not only to our immediate family, but to our ancestors and the lives they lived. Through understanding what our last names mean, we can better understand the story of our own existence and place ourselves within the larger picture of human history. In this video, I'm going to go over some common surnames and explore their meanings and origins. So let's get into it. Before we begin, I would like to thank my friends for having me make this available on my podcast today. And also for you guys watching. I thank you also for um, watching, um, listening to this video. Um, I've done previous videos on uh, history, but I'm starting a new historical series. And um, I'm going to this one is going to be specifically specifically talking about surnames to an extent. However, I will also be um, structuring this video into two categories for two reasons. First, it's a lot more organised and easier. And secondly, for those of you who have maybe a more obscure last name or something that I don't mention, this will make it much easier for you to determine what your last name actually means, while naming people in general is pretty much a universal practice. Surnames, um, as we understand them, are not even in Western culture. They have not always existed, especially, again, as we use them today, even just to look at history of European alone naming systems. Um, and they can get confusing. Roman men, for example, had a given name, the name of a... Um, Gens, um, genes sort of um, like clan, the name of a family within the genes, and maybe a title or nickname like Africanus, Conqueror of Africa. Modern European last names did not really go back that far. However, Chinese last names are that ancient, but modern European last names mostly date to um, around the Middle Ages and early modern era surnames. Because they're used more often in England, for example. Following the Norman conquests in the 11th century and becoming more common throughout Europe in the 12th century, when the social structure changed due to population growth in such a way that they had become unnecessary, although these still weren't the norm, they became much more standard in the 16th century in the early Middle Ages, as mentioned in our current naming system, wasn't really in place, but there were... Um, ways of identifying people more precisely. One of those ways was associating people's um, with their line of work, their trade. It makes sense for people to want to identify with their trade and it is also a good way of distinguishing people in a local community. If somebody says I'm looking for William in a modestly sized village, they may be asked to specify William the Smith or William the Fisher or maybe William the Conqueror. Although I'm pretty, um, pretty sure the there's just one, um, and um, I'm really sure there's just one, and um, really basically um, they're named after their surnames in the uh, um, trade. Um, And there are many last names which have been derived from medieval or early modern occupations. Some are obvious, Smith for example, Fisher, Barber, although Barbers 
in the Middle Ages didn't solely cut hair. They also did minor surgeries and things like that. That's why we also see the red and white on the um, on the uh, pillars outside of a barber shop, for example. And you would probably get your wisdom teeth removed in there. In the Middle Ages, um, what a bundle of fun that must have been. Miller, brewer, carpenter, tailor, shepherd, farmer, shoemaker and sandler, baker and cook, potter, arch- archer, butcher, gardener, hunter, judge knight, weaver. These names refer to, for the most part, the associate occupation. If you have one of these names, there is a likelihood you had an ancestor or two who did this um, job. Um, and straightforward and these are straightforward however there are other names in the same category which are less obvious because they're in a different language or even just old or middle English well old English is basically a different language but Bailey is a Norman name which spread to England it was um, in administrative offices people held a Baxter um, people held a Baxter was a female cook more has a number of origins we will discuss, but it could refer to someone who worked within boats, and such a clerk was a kind of scribe from the Latin credoc, it was um, chandler, and um, was someone who made candles and worked with wax. Compare it with the word chandler falconia, it is an old pronunciation of falconia, um, similar to the um, similar to this are um, Hawkins, Hawk, Hawkman and Fowler, someone who works with birds of prey. Mason, a stonemason, someone who worked with stones in related areas, buildings, architecture and stuff. Um, and a page was a kind of young servant boy. Um, Reeves, a um, grieve axe, was a kind of representation of a, of a lord and um, sewer was someone who would saw wood and work with it in such a um, cooper. In such a way, um, Cooper was a barrel maker, and um, Thatcher was someone who who um, built roofs with straw and such and repaired them with big bad wolves glued them down. A walker was either someone who worked with um, cloth. It was a kind of guard. A marshal from the um, Frankish mod, a skull course, was someone who worked with horses. Um, right, was a kind of um, general name for a labourer or a worker. Carter, Carson and Wagner referred to someone who transported things by cart or wagon. Fletch was generally an arrow maker who had as well, um, who had as well boyers who worked on bows, banisters tended to work more with crossbows. A tiler was someone who made and laid tiles. A glover made and sold gloves. Abbot was the name of someone who had headed monastery um headed monastery or who worked for an abbot during this time period. These weren't technically surnames, they're called by names. It would take some time for them to evolve into modern names. 
Some Europeans went without surnames, as we have them today, until the 19th century, of course. It wasn't just England where this sort of thing developed. It was really found across Europe and even beyond, and many people in the English-speaking world today, especially in places like the US and Canada, have equivalent names in foreign languages. German names, Zimmermann, um, Carpenter, um, Schaefer for Shepherd Boer for Farmers, um, Schumacher or Shoemaker, Eisenhower, Eisenhower, um, an iron worker, Weber or Weber for a Weber, Schnedner for, um, for Taylor Becker um, or for, ba- um, for Taylor Becker for Baker, and Muller, a, mul- um, a Muller for Muller Mild is Dutch for. Um, Miller Schmidt, in German, is um, is yeah, similar to it. in German is um Smith and Polish. It's Koala, um, where we get Kolowatsky Cohen, is a common Jewish name referring to a priest. Godam, oh Spanish for warrior, likewise in French, fat palm blacksmith, could. O Taylor. Um, mouth shut a merchant obviously this would be a nightmare if we did this today when but when the society was much more isolated and much less developed it was a very practical and not too confusing way or, of identifying people Justin video maker video man video or a vid video anyway frankly we could do all um, we could do this all day especially when You add any categories of other languages. But there are other ways the last names have come into being. And um, there's many ways that the last names have come into being. And um, basically, um, so they used to be, basically their titles, whatever they were, would have been um, titles um, and that. So another very common type are patronomic names. Many of these names end in um, son. For example, Johnson or John Thompson. Um, son, um, Thomas Nicholson's son or Nicholas Watson's son. Of Walter Robinson Richardson, Stevenson, Simpson, Jackson, Jamison, Jacobson, and on and on. Sometimes the suffix son was dropped and replaced with just an S. Although this is not always referred to a um, to a son, and might have referred to a servant of said individual world, individual. Walter Evans, Michael Williams, Adams Davis Jones, which is the Welsh form of Johnson. You get the picture again. This is quite practical. If one asks where might I find Eric Eric um, San Barrick or Eric son of William. Furthermore, this was not simply just a way of identifying people, but it also displays someone's family ties in a sense that connected them to their fathers and families. Interestingly, they actually still do this in places like Iceland, alongside Matt Renner, um, McNamee, the mother's name, as well on occasion. It really is fascinating how Iceland developed with their culture in semi-isolation from the rest of Europe but I dis- I, dis- I digress if you're the son of 
um, Stefan Gunnarsson in Iceland. Your last name is Stefan Sung. If you are the daughter, you are Stefan's daughter. Hopefully my pronunciation was decent enough. There, there we see this in general. When we look at the Vikings throughout Scandinavia, through this changed for the most part in mainland Scandinavia, but not in Iceland. Settled by the Norsemen in the Middle Ages, a similar thing is done in Hebrew at times when Ben meaning of son, and um, Ben meaning son of, and Bot meaning daughter of, in many Eastern European countries, such as Greece, Finland, and many of these um, Slavic nations. The last name may change according to the gender of the bearer. Well, the patronymic mean, um, naming system was so simple and effective that again, we find most of Europe, same thing in Spanish. Names that end with es imply son of or descendant of. This may go back all the way to the Visnic language. Um, the Visigoths were a Germ Germanic tribe that ruled over much of Spain after the fall of Western Rome. Gomes, Rodriguez, Manedes and Martinez. Fun fact, the Spanish may also take on multiple last names from both of the parents of Portuguese. Um, do this as well. What is, what is why you um and is why you may hear, a Spaniard refer to himself as Jose Luis Lavares, Rodriguez Garcia, Valera Garcia, since you, um, Amendez um Amendez Diaz, right before he challenges you to his sword duel, you will recognise the Irish and Scottish equivalents as well as Mac abbreviated to Mick, sometimes MacDonald, son of Donald, Mackenzie, um, Sodom Mackenzie, McDavidson, of David uh, MacArthur, McNeil, and so on. In French, son is feast in a Norman French equivalent. It was pronounced Fitz, Fitz, Fitzgerald. It's John, it's Roy, Roy coming from the claw, the son of a king. Fitz typically later referred to in an illegitimate child, specifically in these Scandinavian languages, son, is sometimes Sen Eriksson, um, Nudsen, and sometimes Ragnarsson. It wasn't always about the father, however, and some, um, however, and sometimes extended to the grandfather or a more distant ancestor, the O'Briens, descendants of Brian, Boru, High King of Ireland, O'Neill. Um, or Clary O'Donovan. These are Irish clan names. It's also quite common to see names with the pre-proposition of before them. We don't really do this in English, but it is more common that you might think the and uh, other European languages do. Um, other European languages do day d day. Um, da, del, von, van. These tend to mean of or aber, do is French, dirk, and come. From a Spanish, French, Portuguese, or other Romanized languages, D and L are, La are Italian, von is German, and van is Dutch. These propositions can be connected to things like son of, but are more common in other ways of deriving last names. Place names, 
These propositions may be what are called no binary particles, meaning that they refer to someone being a lord of a certain area or at least a relative of said lords and hereditary title. It was a way of showing that they owned the place, but was also a way of for commoners to show that they were from a place as well in English, as was mentioned the of was typically later dropped, and people were left with just place names Newton, Hamilton, Washington, Ford, with which was a kind of crossing Crawford, Townsend, Hampton, um, Walton, Barton, Copland, Kimberley, Whitehead, Kent, Wall. They would also refer to more specific towns and places from which people came as well. That though you don't see too many Londons or Parises walking around um, with these last names, but people in large cities tended not to take such names. John of London, well, even in the Middle Ages, that wouldn't help you much if you were in London. Around thousands of, pe- of people whom are also Johns. You also have names derived from natural geographic features, Brooks, Hill, Lee, which is a word for meadows, rivers, stones, woods, more parry by the pear trees. Paul, likewise, there is Dupont de Pont in French, of the bridge de Morino, an Italian of the sea, Van Dam, and Dutch of the dam, Dam da Vinci, of the town of Vinci, Stein in German, of the stone barrack, and German of the mountain or hill, not to be confused with Berg, which refers specifically to a castle in Germany, but means town or city, match, um, and German means um, creek. This goes on and on, but I believe you understand the basic model here of how that works again. Before the early modern era, these names weren't exactly set in stone. It wasn't necessarily um, something you carried with you for your whole life. If you moved to another town or work, there you could be identified with that area, another major source of surnames in the modern um, world are hypercornisms, surnames derived from what you could call nicknames, but I believe a better word for them would be monikers. These are names that were derived from descriptions of someone's physical attributes or character. Again, this is one likely isn't too surprising. The Eric to read Charles the Bold Papin, the short... Um, these types of moniker is extended among the general population as well throughout history and remain with us to this day. Sometimes they were descriptions of literal physical features like hair colour, eye colour or a colour of the clothing that was frequently warm, brown, grey, white, black and green. All common last names in English-speaking world. Red is indirectly common as well and names like Russell, Reed, Rob and German which is common among Jews and flying of Irish origins. Um, and Irish origins done is also Celtic, sometimes referring to a dark colour like brown. More German equivalents included um, Schuwatz, which means black vise, or twice, which means um, white. 
Although, keep in mind, white can also be a character trait regarding the colour white ties um, to purity brown is believed is is believe it or not brown. There are also names regarding things like um there are also names um that regards uh can't remember like um let me just think. There are also names regarding things like um body size, height, strength and stamina and such small, long hardy, little short grand in some circumstances, young uh, young though this may refer to a youngster younger son, especially of a noble more often common German equivalents. Klein which means small groves are ghost are ghost man meaning large Allen from a Celtic origin and it means handsome. Also Celtic Campbell means um crooked mouth and Comran means crooked nose. I mentioned character traits, these tended to be good in some circumstances, literally good, as well as goodman, good all in German, guten, right fair, right fair, right fair glad in German, fro of Roman. There are also anal- analogies to animals, wolves is a very co- um, common one in both German Scandinavian languages and in some case um and in um Lopez in Spanish Garcia means bear and sp- and Spanish bird is not a very common last name in English but Vogel the German equivalent is more common likewise not many people have the last name eagle in in um English but the German last name Adler is more common Fox is not an unheard of surname either, probably referring to cleverness, though it may also refer to a red-haired person. Um, Bernard's also a first name from Baron. Hard, hard a dramatic version, strong like a bear in summary. And, and in summary, these are the main four origins of Western last names, places, names, occupations, relationships. Is especially to the father or the clan and nicknames of monikers, typically their origins, live very much in the past, to the point of of which modern bearers may have no connection to um no connection and namesake. I nearly forgot to mention we still do have the creation of um <laughs> new last names when people decided to legally change last names such as Mr Ten Million and Mr Optimus Prime. I hope you've enjoyed this video anyway and invite you to come and check out more of my podcasts. But if this is the names and learning origins of your surname, I hope this um, has been quite clear um, for you to listen to. Um, I thank you very much for listening and take care. Bye now.